Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Kingdom of God podcast. I'm your host, King Sean, House of Onden, and a Stephen, Kingdom of God. It is the Magical Monday Motive A Sean edition. And uh, I have received a reply from Housing Services to my notice of service that was delivered yesterday. So I'm going to be uh, reading my letters of reply to them. Uh, Actually, there are none to them because they've directed me now to their legal counsel. But I will be uh, going over my response to the city's legal counsel. I also finally received the renewal package in the mail today. It came late this afternoon, but I do have it now. It's filled out and ready to return. They have also instructed me to return the renewal package to their legal counsel as well. So that is somewhat comforting. I'll touch on why those things are comforting. uh, Yeah, when I come back after the intro, Um, I'm also going to be doing uh, just a little bit of freelance talking outside on my patio again, because it gives nice ambiance and uh, yeah, it's just a nicer environment for me to chat in. So I'm gonna do the stuff that I have to do uh, inside first, and then uh, I'll share my thoughts with you uh, afterwards. So thanks for being here. I think I have a good show for you. Um, definitely have some developments on what's going on in my microcosm. So uh, be back in just a moment. Stay right there. All right, everyone. Welcome back. And uh, Yeah, without any further ado, I'm going to get right into the email that I received today. This is from uh, Christina Amaro. Uh, It was received at 12.55 this afternoon, uh, and it reads, Good afternoon. Thank you for your email. Your notice of service has been forwarded to our legal department. All further communication and correspondence, including all materials related to your housing allowance renewal, should be directed to our legal, sorry, should be directed to our lawyer, Genevieve Langley, legal counsel at Genevieve Langley at Ottawa.ca. For, for ease of reference, she has been included in this email. Thank you, Christina Mero. So that is the first one. And then I almost responded to that. But uh, instead, uh, what I did is I sent a separate email to Gen, Genevieve, uh, the legal counsel. And uh, yeah, I told her that I had not received the renewal package yet. So um, yeah, so I responded to Genevieve with the following email. Hi, Genevieve, uh, please let me know where to send the renewal package when I receive it. It has not arrived yet, though it may arrive later today or tomorrow. So that was sent at one twenty this afternoon, still had not received it at that point. Um, and she responds, uh, good afternoon. Please send it to me at the address noted in my signature block. I expect you will receive it soon since it is my understanding that it was mailed on June 16th. I am also including the electronic version of the documents if that helps regards. So, uh, yeah, a couple of the reasons, or one of the reasons that I wanted to touch on that was to, um, assert that my belief was that the package was not sent until at least Thursday or potentially Wednesday of last week. Uh, I I thought that they basically uh, sent me the email and then sent it in the mail. They had sent it on Wednesday. That's the 16th of last week. 
And so I did receive it. Uh, I checked my mail, I don't know if it was three o'clock, but yeah, two thirty, it still wasn't there. Um, and sometime later, this, like sometime after that, it did show up. I checked my mail, uh, I think around four or five this afternoon again, just to make sure. And it was there. So, uh, I've pretty much filled it out, but I put a lot of disclaimers in my notice. Uh, one of them is that they ask for a tax assessment form. Well, I don't fill out taxes. I let them know that on several occasions, I'm not a taxpayer. I'm working to try and resolve the trust that is basically created and administered from the tax. Like that's why we pay taxes is, is to pay into the public trust. I've revoked my interest in the public trust. I would like to pay back whatever money Canada has borrowed allegedly in my name from the unlimited commercial value of my life. And so basically I wanted to communicate to Genevieve that the only reason that I'm subject to the housing renewal package in the first place is because they are trespassing upon my rights. So uh, now I have to find that. Let's see here. Okay, so here we go. Uh, hello, uh, I have received the renewal package. This is at 5.54 p.m. this afternoon. Hello, I have received the renewal package and will return it to you tomorrow by dropping it off at the address provided in your email. I am also advising you in this email that I am doing so under threat of economic duress and without prejudice as I am only dependent upon the City of Ottawa, the Province of Ontario, and Canada for social support because these service representatives of Canada's government at the City of Ottawa are ignoring their international obligations legally binding upon Canada. And then uh, I have a quote that's from the Department of Justice of Canada website, which reads, similar or related provisions are found in the following international instruments binding on Canada, and that I put in bold italics in red. Uh, Article 2.3 of the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights, Article 2.C of the Convention on the Elimination of All Forms of Discrimination Against Women, and Articles 2.1 and 14 of the Convention Against Torture and Other Cruel, Inhumane, or Degrading Treatment or Punishment. And then I provide a link to the Department of Justice of Canada website where that literature is provided. And then I embellish on that further by stating that Article 2, Section 3, what they are legally bound by, states that each state party to the present covenant undertakes A, to ensure that any person whose rights or freedoms as herein recognized are violated shall have an effective remedy notwithstanding that the violation has been committed by persons acting in an official capacity. Now, an official capacity is somebody representing a government office. That's what it means. So a service representative is working in an official capacity. B, to ensure that any person claiming such a remedy shall have his right thereto determined by competent judicial, administrative, or legislative authorities or by any other competent authority provided for by the legal system of that state and to develop the possibilities of judicial remedy. C, to ensure that the competent authorities shall enforce such remedies when granted. And then Article 1 and uh, 
Yeah. Um, so just, just to touch on why I'm quoting Article 1 of the Covenant is because it, it states in 3.8 to ensure that any person whose rights or freedoms as herein recognized. So that basically includes the entire UN Covenant on Civil and Political Rights. And I mentioned that once in a podcast before that Article 2.3 is legally binding upon Canada, but that one single section actually makes the entire covenant legally binding upon Canada and states that any rights that are violated of that covenant, covenant um, an individual can seek remedy from in Canada's court system. So Article 1, uh, all peoples have the right of self-determined, but all peoples have the right of self-determination. By virtue of that right, they freely determine their political status and freely pursue their economic, social, and cultural development. Number two, and I have this one highlighted in red because it's paramount, all peoples may, for their own ends, freely dispose of their natural wealth and resources without prejudice to any obligations arising out of international economic cooperation based upon the principle of mutual benefit and international law. In no case may a people be deprived of its own means of subsistence. And that is also included in my statement of claim, uh, articles, Article 1, Section 1 and 2. And then number three of Article 1 also states that the states, parties to the present covenant, including those having responsibility for the administration of non-self-governing and trust territories, shall promote the realization of the right of self-determination and shall respect that right in conformity with the provisions of the Charter of the United Nations. And then, this is uh, my own. These are the rights being violated by the City of Ottawa, and I would very much like to know why the City feels they are not obliged to honor their legally binding contractual obligations to me. Why does Canada seek to hold me in bondage, trespass upon my right to freely dispose of my natural wealth to foreign obligations, Canada, the City of Ottawa, when it very clearly states that in no case may a people be deprived of its own means of subsistence. I look forward to your reply. King Sean, House of Omden, Hand of Stephen, Kingdom of God. So, <clears throat> those are the letters from today. Uh, I have filled out the... Uh, I'm just going to take a look at it here because it's ridiculous. As it is. Um, but I'm going to uh, have this handed in to them tomorrow. Uh, so I'm just going to read some of the things that they require me to have complete following questions. Uh, are all household members either a Canadian citizen, a landed immigrant, permanent resident, an applicant for permanent residency, or a refugee or refugee claimant in good standing with no enforceable deportation, departure, or exclusion order? And uh, I just wrote right in on top of that that it's a charter violation to be asking me any of those things because no person may be discriminated against, and I'm using the word person deliberately because uh, they are acting as though I'm a person. Okay, so they're basically only suggesting that I'm subject to the rights and, and whatever of Canadian persons. Um, but the Charter of Rights and Freedoms clearly states that no person may be subject to discrimination um, for their nationality or, you know, citizenship and all of that kind of stuff. So right here, basically asking me to prove my citizenship or my status is already a violation of my rights. It doesn't matter where I'm from. It doesn't matter what citizenship status I have. 
I had the same inherent rights as everybody else. And so I just put charter violation uh, and then I put yes. Because I am, I, you know, I'm a legally and lawfully, uh, I'm a legal and lawful, uh, I can't say resident of Canada because that would imply that I'm um, holding a position of office in Canada. That's how that word resident is defined legally. Um, but I'm sojourning in Canada. I live in my body. Okay, my body is where I reside. Um, but I am sojourning in the country of Canada. And uh, number two, is your household on the social housing registry centralized waiting list? Yes, uh, my household is. Um, does your household have a rental lease? Yes, it does. Does the primary applicant have a bank account and email address? No, and yes. I don't have a bank account. I can't be required to have a bank account in order to be uh, eligible for subsidy. Um, I can't be compelled to contract with any private organization. A bank is a private institution. Nobody can be compelled into contract um, under duress or threat of being denied their inherent rights. Have all members um, in your household filed a 2020 income tax return and received your notice of assets? assessments? No. And I put a star beside that one to let them know that I'm not a taxpayer. And again, I can't be discriminated against for not being a taxpayer. I am not compelled under any circumstance to live a for-profit life. And truly, the only reason that people pay income tax is because we are operating as businesses. That's a business title that's created by the Canadian government. That's the position of office that we're presumed to be holding. We are presumed to be making money in that position of office for profit. Okay, we're supposed to be trying to accumulate as much wealth as we want for ourselves. That requires taxpayers. Okay, if you're a business, you got to declare your profits and all that, your profits and losses. So that is an obligation of a Canadian citizen acting or holding a position of office for the Canadian government. It is not a requirement of a foreign nation to Canada. And they've already clearly recognized that that's where I am. So I'm not a taxpayer. Um, is your total household income under the amount for the size of your unit? Circle the correct number of bedrooms in your household and answer the question like that. You see what I mean? This is just like really kind of invasive nonsense. Um, basically, uh, if the, you know, even just according to their own, uh, you know, regulations or whatever, um, I have to basically declare that my, if I have a one bedroom unit, that my total household income is under $46,000. Well, to be honest with you, my uh, total household income is, I think, less than $7,500. No joke. Um, and that's, that's like the income that I receive. So that doesn't include, I guess, what they pay for rent. Um, but that's not income. So uh, I don't know if you ever watched the Rich Dad Poor Dad thing. There's like a, a prequel video now that he's doing because he said nobody understood his first book. But anyway, he's talking about balance sheets. And, uh, you know, everybody has expenses. I have living expenses. And expense is not part of my income. So yeah, um, income is basically what's left over after all of your expenses are paid. 
And so I don't get, you know, I don't receive any income basically. Um, does your household currently receive a housing subsidy such as rent to geared income? The answer to that one is no. I'm not going to bother explaining that because it sounds a little bit complicated. I'm receiving a subsidy, but my housing itself is not, um, it's market, it's considered market value, even though it's a really good rental rate. Like my, my rent is about 990. The average single occupancy rental unit for a one bedroom in the city of Ottawa right now, according to this, is 1172 now. Uh, I mentioned it was about 1152, I think, a couple of years ago. So now they've increased that again. It's now 1172. Um, da, da, da. Oh yeah, da, da, does your household own a home suitable for year-round occupation? And no, not at this time. Uh, I may soon, if, uh, if they stop trespassing upon my right to freely dispose of my natural wealth. Uh, I do have property in Gravenhurst, Ontario, but I'm going to have to, uh, you know, stake my claim on that, go, go there and build something new on the land because the house that's there right now is not, well, I don't think it's fit for year-round consumption. Well, I guess my dad did live there uh, year-round. So, yeah, it probably has a fireplace and, I don't know, um, I, you could probably survive there year-round. I don't know. But I couldn't right now, anyway. Um, so, anyway, that's it. Uh, there's a bunch of other invasive stuff. I have to basically let them know how many other people are living with me, etc., etc. Um, if I have a girlfriend, I'm supposed to tell them. I, I just tell them that that's, that's my business, that's my information. If anybody else moves in that's paying, of course, I would have to let them know because that would affect my income but, or, you know, the amount of money that, that I require, not necessarily my income, but, um, you know, if somebody else was, was splitting the rent with me or something, that would definitely affect it. But, you know, if I decide to take, you know, have a girlfriend and she decides to move in with me part-time or whatever, that's none of their business. So, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, and then there's a form for declaration, warranty, and consent to disclose and sharing of personal information. And this is something that I wanted to talk about before because they always get you to sign these consent forms. And it implies that they don't share any of this information behind the scenes when I know very well that they do. And, you know, I can't, I can't verify that with any proof because they'll never admit to it. But for, for all, you know, especially when I'm giving notices, I've given notice to the attorney general. I've given notice to the registrar general. I have let Revenue Canada know that I've revoked my interest in the public trust and that they are uh, administrating wealth from that account fraudulently until that account is closed and the value of it restored to me. They don't respond. So I have done absolutely everything I can with every single office that I believe would have some kind of knowledge as to how to go about doing this as a public service representative, and they have it. So uh, anyway, so I'm going to be returning that as is. Um, and I also added a little bit of my own consent to collect, use, disclose, and verify personal information. I, we, am in receipt of subsidy under economic duress and without prejudice for trespass by City of Ottawa to its obligations under the UNCCPR and my right to freely dispose of my natural wealth without prejudice to foreign Canadian obligations. And I will continue to be uh, 
dependent upon the city of Ottawa for income and subsidy and anything else for as long as they continue to trespass upon that right fraudulently and unlawfully administrate wealth from my life under the presumption that I have somehow by way of my consent to taxation agreed that I will stand for that debt that Canada is borrowing and pay it back through taxation. I have revoked that. I've made that very clear. And so any wealth that they are administrating now under the name Sean Bonden, they are doing so in fraud. And in addition to complaining to Revenue Canada, I've also filed two complaints with uh, Canada's fraud hotline to let them know. And of course they don't respond either. Okay, so nobody can claim ignorance. And uh, I don't know, be interesting to see how the city of Ottawa responds to that or if they just try and gaslight all of their legally binding international obligations. Once again, despite the fact that I do know um, because the link that I provided in that letter to Genevieve Langley does quote the Department of Justice of Canada website and states exactly which courts one can uh, appeal to, uh, what constitutes a court of competent jurisdiction to grant remedies under section 24.1. Uh, I'll provide a link to this website with this podcast so you can take a look at it yourself. Uh, and uh, the superior courts of each province have constant and concurrent jurisdiction to hear section 24.1 applications to ensure that there is always a court of competent jurisdiction. So, um, yeah. So, and this is uh, the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, um, provision 24.1. So, yeah. I didn't cite uh, provision 24.1 in my statement of claim, but that's not necessary at the outset. Uh, I can show yeah, if they try to dispute, for example, that's when I would come back and say no. Uh, Department of Justice of Canada website states under section 24.1 or under provision 24.1. So um, it wasn't necessary in that part. I just stated that uh, that Ontario Superior Courts are of inherent and competent jurisdiction to hear matters pertaining to violations of the UN Covenant on Civil and Political Rights. So, um, all right, I think that's going to be where I take my first break for this show, and uh, I'm going to head outside and, uh, yeah, just share any additional thoughts that I feel may be worthy of sharing with you. Uh, Thanks a lot for joining me today. I'll be back in just a moment. All right, everyone. uh... I don't know how you feel, but I certainly feel a whole lot more relaxed out here. Um, yeah, I don't even know what else I want to talk about, but I thought I would add something to uh, my thoughts on everything that transpired today. Uh, I think one of the very best things that has come to me today is that Genevieve the lawyer has actually confirmed now that they sent the renewal package out to me on the 16th and that's very good news for me because that basically shows that they did nothing but twiddle their thumbs from the 8th of June until the 16th which is eight days and 
that's going to reflect very unfavorably on them and very favorably upon me. Uh, so there's that. And there's been no other assertion still that any other documents were sent to me previous to that. So right now, uh, from my perspective, based on the information that's been provided to me, um, there's no reason for me not to believe that this was absolutely a willful attempt on the part of the City of Ottawa to uh, sabotage my housing subsidy. <clears throat> and, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm hoping that when I drop off the package tomorrow that I might actually uh, have an opportunity to see Genevieve. I don't know if I will. Uh, but, you know, when I see her, I'm just going to say, like, you know, Really, are you going to suggest that service representatives in the city of Ottawa do not have any legally binding obligations to the UN Covenant? Because if that is your position, okay, I want to know why. Okay, I don't want to have you gaslight me continu continuously. Okay, if those contractual obligations are not legally binding upon service representatives in the city of Ottawa, I would like you to explain to me why. You're a lawyer, you should be able to do that, okay? From what I can see, and from what the laws that I've researched and spent good time trying to find the foundation for these laws and their protection in Canada, it very strongly suggests to me that you are legally bound to these obligations, and I'd like to know why they are willfully abdicating their duties and responsibilities in that regard. And if you can't do that, and you're not going to do that, just tell me now. You know, don't don't give me a big song and dance. Okay? Just tell me that, you know what, the city of Ottawa doesn't acknowledge the UN Covenant and you don't care about the inherent rights or your international legally binding obligations. Okay? Just say that and state it on the record and then I can file a proper complaint with the international bodies that, I guess, take care of Canada and maybe to the Queen or whoever else. I might have to complain to, okay? But I'm tired of looking at the Justice of Canada website, seeing that this is a legally binding contractual obligation upon all service representatives in Canada, and having you continually turn around and tell me that, you know, you're not going to listen to those arguments. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm not thrilled that Genevieve Langley is taking care of this, but uh, for like 90% of my last... Um, legal dispute with the city, she was fabulous. She really was. Um, and she made sure that everything got done that I was asking for. Uh, yeah, where I lost faith in her was that she stated specifically that if I wanted to proceed with, uh, you know, a claim for the harm that was done to me by the loss of my rights, that she would, you know, <laughs> she'd go toe-to-toe -to -toe with me in a court of law and dispute those points. She didn't do that. She just you know, uh, basically ran away, you know, by, by suggesting that this was a frivolous and vexatious complaint. And as far as I'm concerned, that's like playing chicken. I'm too scared to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with you in court, so I'm just going to try and have this dismissed before, before you make a fool of me. That's the way I see it. She, she knew I was going to humiliate her in a court of law, and so she decided to try and find a corrupt justice that she could have you know, dismiss the case as frivolous and vexatious. She was lucky enough to get 
to find a justice that was very partial to the Salvation Army, and I even showed that. He's uh, been featured, Justice Bobby Baudouin has been featured in the Salvation Army's own newspaper. So right there, that's a conflict of interest. If anybody doesn't think I would have had a legitimate uh, grounds for, for an appeal, that would have been it right there. So um, anyway. Uh, hi, sweetie. Do you want to say hi? What's wrong? See, she just likes to whine. She gets jealous. She knows I'm talking to somebody, and she doesn't understand because it's not her that I'm talking to. Do you want to come up on my lap, Pumpkin? Yeah. Her name's not actually Pumpkin. It's Gigi. But she gets called Pumpkin more. Because she looks a little like a pumpkin. Not really. <laughs> yeah. All right, people. Well, you know, I thought this would make for some nice ambience, uh, being out here to do the last part of the show. But you know what? I'm realizing I don't really have a whole lot more to say. So, uh... That's it for now. Um, I'll be back tomorrow with uh, something. Get out of there. Oh, that was her going in the flower bed. She knows better. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's my show for today. I will be back tomorrow. I'll let you know how it went when I drop things off at the city of Ottawa, whether or not I get a chance to see Dev or whether I'm just going to be dropping it off. And uh, I might get something of a sense of, uh, you know, her attitude and response to this, uh, you know, I might, you know, my intuition might be able to tell me something about how she's planning to respond to this. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'll have more updates for you tomorrow. Thank you very much for being here tonight. I appreciate all of you. Uh, love you. Have a fabulous evening. So that's my show for today. Thank you so much for being here. I hope all of you are having a magical Monday and a good motivational start to your week. Uh, I don't know. I, I like doing what I call motivation on Mondays on my blog because uh, I think Mondays, they used to be one of the days of the week that I hated the most. And now it's one of the days of the week that I look forward to the most because it's the beginning of well, it's the beginning of a new week. It's the beginning of a fresh start, and I'm always working toward what is my life's purpose now. So I'm always eager to get up and and you know take on take on the new week. So I hope you are finding something to motivate your week this week. I really really appreciate all of you being here and. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful evening. Ciao for now.